Hello friend, I am Maria and welcome to the Conversations with My Higher Self podcast. This show is about spirituality, consciousness, and the inner workings of the universe at large. My partner Sergey uses hypnosis to bring me into a deep theta state where I get a chance to connect with my higher self. He then interviews me to uncover a wealth of knowledge about higher realms, celestial beings, and various energetic practices. Enjoy! Today, I would like to talk to you about water. What is water from the spiritual perspective? There are actually many ways to look at water from the spiritual perspective. Every planet, every planetary consciousness needs a spark, an original spark of life, an element, if you will. You can think of it as a chemical element that makes the whole merry-go-around of the cycle of incarnations, the seasons and everything um, go about. So that primordial spark of light for planet Gaia, planet Earth, is water. So in, in, in this case, we can say that as far as planet Earth is concerned, water equals life and life equals water because all of planetary life came from water, both in the physical aspect of water as well as the etheric aspect of water. Um, you know, as a, as a water has a consciousness um, and so it has multiple bodies, if you will, as an entity, as a being, right? So it has its physical body, which is, um, which comes together basically in the physical via the molecules that you know, H2O, two hydrogen, one um, oxygen bond. Um, that is the physical body of water in the same way that you guys have physical bodies. Water as an entity also has an energetic body. It has an emotional body. It has an, uh, a mental body and a spirit body. Um, so you could say that there is a separate consciousness that governs water on this planet as an entity. And uh, it's very much a collaboration between that consciousness and the consciousness that sponsored your planet, so Gaia's consciousness. And the symbiotic dance of these two consciousnesses um, really birthed what, what you know as planet Earth in many ways. So that's one way to look at water. And the reason that I originally said that there are many ways to look at it is because there are many ways to look at any um, consciousness um, and, and any layer of that consciousness, uh, whether that's the physical layer, the, the mental layer. Mm -hmm. um, I first gave you kind of the example that's most probably relevant for your planet, right? Um, if I look at um, the galactic level, um, there are similar type uh, consciousnesses, um, similar type um, chemical elements that exist throughout the, um, this galaxy um, that you guys all live in. So water type planets. Um, so basically there are, there are dif different types of planets. Some of them are um, run by liquids as um, their primordial original sparks. Others are, are run by gases. Um, third types of planets are run by, by solids. Um, and um, th there are other, um, other entities as well um, that are more like plasma. 
uh, which is like a higher, um, it's, it's not quite a gas, it's like a more like a fiery type entity, really. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, from, from that perspective, right? Um, if I look from the perspective of like the great, great architect or even of source, um, water as an element is just one way to construct reality. Now, all water type planets or liquid planets, right? There is not just um, water. As Water is not the only liquid that can be used to construct planets and to imbue and infuse life into planetary consciousnesses. It could be other liquids, um, such as mercury. Mercury is actually considered to be a liquid. Um, so, you know, um, mercurial, so to say, planets, as well as water-based planets are all part of the same echelon of consciousnesses. Um, if that makes sense. And so uh, basically, dependent on what that original spark was that made up symbiotically um, the entity of the planet, a lot about this planet unfolds, um, meaning in terms of like the lessons for the planet itself, as well as all the living beings that are going to incarnate on this planet are going to depend on this original primordial spark. Now, I don't know if, um, if that you know, if we're going too far away from your question, so... Um, no, I think it's a g- great start. Okay. Yeah. okay. And then, of course, we can go deeper into yeah. maybe other layers. Absolutely. But um, if there is one thing to say about um, water-type planetary consciousness, um, you can think of it as a projection of a divine feminine uh, energy, right? So um, all liquids... Uh, because they are incredibly tied uh, with the way emotions get transferred in time and space. Um, liquids are actually really, really perfect um, chemical compounds to be able to transfer emotional states. So planets that are water-based, such as planet Earth, are generally planets where um, that exist, that are birthed, and that evolve in a in a dance and in a way that allows certain emotions to take root and be explored and be um, uh, discovered, mm-hmm. right? So that is the intention of Gaia. So basically, Gaia, as the creatress of, of of your planetary consciousness, is on her own personal journey around into her emotional body, so to say, and into her own emotions. So as a spirit, she is exploring her emotional state, and so she has created an experience in um as far as planet earth is concerned where a full range of emotions can be experienced as well so water-based planets liquid liquid type planets are very much emotional type planets so emotions really reign so this would not be your um extremely intellectual type planets right so this like these types of realms um you would leverage to try to understand deeper emotions like love and compassion um as well as potentially not so pleasant um, emotions such as fear or you know pain and, and um, things like that. Mm-hmm. So does it mean that water has consciousness? It's a living being. Absolutely. Uh huh. That's interesting because I was thinking, uh, like for example, if you look at the planet and in one of the episodes when we spoke about natural features, we were talking about like oceans and rivers yes. and different bodies of water yes like how do they work with each other 
Like also does, symbiosis. You have symbiosis? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm glad that you asked. So um, um, what, what I'm talking about is slightly complex. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to um, simplify as much as possible. So imagine there is a spirit or, um, you know, the, the spirit that um, is, is a high vibrational spirit because water technically and, and, and try to take yourself outside of third dimensional space and just almost like hear from the heart <laughs> what I'm trying to say. I know it's, it might be a struggle, it might be a challenge, but um, the spirit of water, right? Um, the soul of water, if you will, is a very high dimensional entity. Um, it is an entity that is incredibly high vibration um, and it is not quite source energy, but it's very close to source energy. So it's incredibly highly evolved as, a, as, a, as an entity. And um, it has chosen um, as its mission to donate its consciousness to a lot of these worlds so that they can help evolve their emotional state. So multiple souls and, and, uh, and entities and, and people, if you will, humans could incarnate. Um, into all of these planets to deal with their emotional issues, traumas, just journeys, etc. Um, so because it is a consciousness of such high dimension, it can split itself so many different ways. So there is enough of that consciousness to span billions of galaxies and millions of universes, if that makes sense. So it's a very, very high level entity. Now, from perspective of planet Earth, right? Um, basically planet earth has access to that energy. And like I said earlier, it is a co-creating type of energy with Gaia. Mm. Um, but, but because this is such a high frequency energy, it almost operates like a template and it is almost in some ways, although it has a consciousness, it is almost devoid of personality because it's so close to source energy that it encompasses all of these personalities. That's why as an energy, it can be such a lucrative teacher, right? Mm. If water as an entity, if that consciousness teaches you emotions, that means it's an emotional master. Wouldn't you agree? Because if you're mm. not a master, how can you teach the mastery of something by mm. not being a master? It would be quite impossible for you. So this consciousness of water, this entity has mastered emotion as all of emotions as a class from the super negative to the neutral to the uh, to the in between to the very positive like the whole spectrum mm -hmm. right and now it is donating its knowledge as a template to all of these worlds so that others can learn from it now these types of template like entities because they are everything they're also nothing if that makes sense hmm. and in order for this particular consciousness to be able to provide you the lessons that are understandable, you can learn from and tap into, it needs to partner with other entities to project forth a particular type of emotion. So when we spoke earlier about river consciousness, I don't know, each river have it, having a personality, each body of water having a personality, it is just a particular emotion slash frequency that is, that is being expressed within that vast template of water, right? So the consciousness of water being everything and nothing presents its body, so to say, so that another entity, another soul, right? That for instance, decided to quote unquote incarnate as the Amazon river or Lake Baikal, or I don't know, the, the, the Pacific ocean. There is another entity, right? For each of these. 
And that particular entity that is the sponsoring entity with the Pacific Ocean came here to express a particular type of emotional frequency, not the full range, but like um, a limited range. Yeah. And so it has to partner with this grand template of an uh, of an entity water in this case so that symbiotically they can create that experience for humanity to uh to be able to partake in makes sense great yeah great that was a little challenging so i'm glad you got it i got it yeah i totally got it yeah all right and uh maybe what are the qualities that water possess okay so we're gonna have to uh probably jump different dimensions right because we just went from a very high dimensional place which is in essence i told you that water is very similar to source consciousness which means that it has a lot of different qualities correct and really it is everything and nothing and i don't know how to better explain it from that perspective water is a vehicle or a vessel for anything else to unfold so if you look at um you know, liquids as a class, right? And water just being an example of liquid. Um, Their crystallic structures, the structures of their molecules, um, while while those have form, they are very receptive frequencies and thus very flexible. So liquids are the most receptive type of frequencies. That's why water type frequencies and, 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 and these types of um, chemicals um, are great at um, being teachers of emotion. Because in order for you to understand an emotion, you cannot just project it. You also have to be on the receiving end of it. Mm-hmm. That is the one way to learn the emotion. It's kind of like, you know how um, in order to have a communication with somebody, you cannot just be a good speaker. You have to be a good listener. Mm-hmm. So understanding emotion is just about give as it is about receive. And so the, you know one of the properties of ocean, uh, not ocean, sorry, water and ocean as well, <laughs> yeah. is um, receptivity, is being incredibly receptive, is being incredibly encompassing, non-judgmental, right? As that, it is a container for everything that is right as that it has memories of everything that has ever happened on planet earth and not only that but what's beautiful about water is right now you're living in a microcosm called planet earth which is just a one little baby step in your own personal journey and of course it's just like one little speck of dust as far as even the milky way galaxy is concerned let alone the universe that you know surrounds the milky way galaxy what's interesting though right because all of water planets are sponsored by the same water energy. Technically, all of them go back to the same source, right? So it's almost like imagine that this water energy is like this globule of liquid um, somewhere in in reality. And then it has like projections, like little rays, like almost like the sun has rays. And each ray goes to, to like a separate planet, mm-hmm. right? This makes all water planets incredibly interconnected. So not only does water as an entity contain all the memory for everything that has ever happened on planet Earth, by definition, it also holds the memory of everything that has ever happened on each of these water planets. And that is the crazy aspect of water. Like it is really a receptacle of the, uh, like, of the highest capacity that exists. Hmm. Like literally there are 
is nothing that would tap water in terms of its ability to maintain, hold on, receive, store, preserve information. And the reason being is because it's like its whole molecular structure is based on reciprocity and no judgment and just taking on and understanding, right? And so it's really good at preserving things without altering their structure. Hmm. Unless asked to, right? It's also a very receptive frequency, which means that because also it's a feminine energy, not only is it receptive, it's incredibly moldable and it's moldable and changeable and alterable, if you will, by design, right? So not only would it hold on to uh, like if you take a glass of water, a glass of water could contain memories of thousands upon thousands of years of um, human incarnations, like could be contained in, in just like one cup of water. Does it keep the memory of the entire planet or just Not places where it's been through its journey to no, this no, no, glass. No. At, at the very minimum entire planet. Very uh-huh. minimum. Very minimum. Very minimum. Yeah. That's the thing. Um, I, I, I would because need to... Because it's collective? Like, yeah, I would need to figure out like what would be like a good example to give you. Uh, this is like a really tough one to, to give you like an analogy. But um, water is incredibly multidimensional. So... You look at your cup and it looks, I mean, in your three dimension, but there is a version of that cup um, in all of the dimensions at the same time, because water actually is the one frequency, the one, the one um, chemical compound, if you will, that transcends dimensions. Hmm. So this glass of water would exist from your third dimensional space up to the indefinite amount of dimensions. Now, it, its shape, quote-unquote, and properties might be different, but it really transcends time and space oh, in so. all the ways. So depending on how high you go, like your cup of water contains the information not only about the full planet of Earth, but memories of all of these other water planets, of all the galaxies, depending on which dimension you can access, mm-hmm. right? But at the very minimum, in 3D, you should be able to access... Um, the entire planets. So it's not just because this water was with with this particular, I don't know, within this particular country, it hold on, holds on to memories of only of that country. Now, memories and frequencies, though, are very different. What I mean by that, that cup of water of yours, or even a spoonful, doesn't matter, would contain the memories of all the history of planet Gaia in its entirety, from inception until now. Mm-hmm. And potentially even the future, but we don't even want to go there right now. Um, frequencies, though, is different. And that's, I think, what, what you're referring to and potentially getting confused by. Where the water flows would determine what kind of frequencies it's absorbing in itself, into itself. And by frequencies, I, I mean more emotions and not memories. Mm. So memories are different, right? Because I told you that water has a mental body and memories go into the mental body of water. And the mental body of water is just so vast. There is so much more to it that meets the eye. 
that's why it can be so expansive. Uh-huh. It's also because it stores these memories in code information. Like it doesn't store pictures. It stores, it, it stores digits, so to say. Like it stores numbers, right? Zeros and ones, if you will. Kind of like a computer. And because uh, memories are stored that way, they don't really take up that much space. So it can hold the memories from everywhere. Um, now, when the water is in a particular geographical location, it would absorb the emotions of people of that geographical location. Or, um, I'll give you a couple examples. Um, you know how um, the best water that you guys have um, is underground water, like all kinds of underground springs? Yeah. It's because it absorbs the energy of the crystals. That, like, So the water, as it flows underground would tend to absorb the energy of the crystals and the energy of the earth, earthly formations in that region. Crystal, crystalline structures are, they tend to be high vibrational structures. So 3D and up, right? Mm. So crystals in general, minerals in, in the, in deep in the earth, um, could generally, um, you know, they can be as high vibration as the eighth dimension, for instance, depending on the crystal. Right. So as water is passing by those crystal formations, now every crystal has its own consciousness, obviously. It absorbs that, that um, bliss, blissful state. And so when you unearth that water from like, I don't know, somewhere deep in the glacier or somewhere, um, and you drink it, like it even tastes different because you're tasting a particular emotional vibration of these ancient crystals. Hmm. So um, at the same time, like um, there could be water in, um, I don't know, in a particular city where there is a lot of pain and suffering and it would contain the emotional frequency of that place. And you would drink that water and unbeknownst to you, you would start mimicking those emotions. And I'll explain how this works. Um, Obviously, you all know you're at least 60% to 80% water, right? And uh, water calls to water. It is um, a structure, again, like this is another property of the divine feminine. Um, divine feminine congregates. <laughs> what I mean by that is the concept of sisterhood and let, let's get together. Like um, it, it like start, like it's, it's a magnetic structure, right? And magnets always attract things to each other, to, to, to itself, like a magnet attracts things, right? To itself. So, when you drink a, a water that is charged a certain way with a particular frequency, say it was not a great frequency, say it was under, I don't know, a town that has suffered a lot, or I don't know, um, people lived there and everybody went to war and a lot of men didn't come back from war. And so all these women, you know, were suffering, for instance, right? Like the water would um, start absorbing, like if there is like a river in this town, it would start absorbing these emotional quantities. Now, even if you were a traveler, right, and just came into this town and you started drinking this water, the water in your, um, like the water in your glass, right, the new water that enters your body, as it meets other water molecules, because um, the quantities of water are very much divine feminine, so th- they start kind of like mimicking and mirroring each other. And so it's going to start transforming the water in, in your cells to match the vibrations of the space. Because water always yearns to connect. Water always yearns to understand. So your water inside of your body is going to yearn unconsciously 
right? Or that's how it's like meant to behave is going to yearn to understand this particular town that you're in. And in order to do that, it's going to transform its vibrations to the water that it just consumed. And so that's why it's, uh, you know, very easy. You know, you might be like a traveler, but, you know, very quickly in a couple of glasses of water, you're going to start feeling the same way that the people in that region are feeling. Hmm. I don't know if you've ever been, um, I mean, for some of you, it might be like an interesting um, um, analogy for some of you that have never experienced that. If you've done a lot of traveling and you know that there are original drinks, for instance, if we're in the south of Italy and it's like wine, or if we're in Morocco or Turkey and it's their tea, right? Those types of uh, drinks, because they also like are a big chunk of them is water, right? They really transfer the mood of the space to you really, really well. Now, for those of you that have been to the south of, um, um, or like to like Tuscany, for instance, or the south of Italy to um, the Amalfi Coast, um, those waters contain like a very particular kind of energy, and it's a very light vibration. It's a very kind of like joie de vivre, uh, like happy-go-lucky type of vibration, right? Like a little bit carefree, and so. Uh, that's why Italians actually, by drinking that water, they, you know, they tend to be happy. They tend to be a beat. You know, they maybe are not that hardworking because like it's a, it, that's the water that they drink and the water comes from their region. And so even in the wine, right, um, the way like Italian wines make you feel would be very different if you've noticed like, like compared to German wines, for instance, or um, I don't know, uh, Argentinian wines, because huh. that is also water, right? So basically what I'm trying to say, not that I'm advocating for alcohol, that is not what this podcast is about, but if you are going to drink wine, drink Italian, so, <laughs> because that carries the best water vibration um, out of all the other wi wines. It, how, how fast does it affect your mood or like, emotions very fast like immediate uh much within, water do you have? within three hours um a cup of water um is going com to completely transform your um internal ecosystem oh wow does it also mean that for example if you live next to a specific river and this river carries a specific energy then you kind of become a reflection of this yes river? absolutely how does it like uh, what comes first the energy of water or people who change um who experience certain emotions can you override the entire body of water with your negative or positive emotions yes and we're gonna get to that right mm. um because water is very receptive it's incredibly receptive to people who would like to erase its frequency and rewrite it Mm. But um, if we're talking about the body of water, uh, like a particular river, it doesn't just take on the vibration of humans because water is, again, a, a much higher vibrational entity. It's a, it's a cosmic level frequency almost. And I know it when you, when you look at it at the cup, it doesn't look like cosmic frequency anything. It looks like the most mundane thing you could imagine. But trust me, like water is about the most... like. It's about as magical of a substance as it gets on planet Earth, really. So 
where I'm going with this is if you look at the stream of a river, you cannot just say, well, only humans impacted because that is not true. You're going to have to look at the river as an entity and look at everything that surrounds it, that it is drawing those emotions from. Meaning like the earth, right? behind it the crystals the rock formations formations like for instance if it's um a, a river that is a mountain um that mm, is in the mountains it would absorb the energy of the mountains a lot because it tends to be that um that is the predom the dominating energy right that um, exists within the water so basically the way you would think about it is you would take everything that impacts the river as 100%. And humanity might only impact it 15%. Another 20% might be crystals in, in, the, in, the, in the earth. Um, I don't know. Another 15% might be um, fish that lives in, live inside, uh, all types of other animals and plants that grow within it or right, right next to its banks, et cetera, et cetera. So basically, like all of the living organisms participate all types of every type of consciousness would participate and donate a portion of its energy into the river. And then the river is just going to be the amalgamation, the sum total of everything that was quote unquote dumped into it, good or bad and everything in between. And thus, yes, humanity absolutely participates. And the example that I gave you before, the reason I gave you an example of like a town and a river, it was like more of a local type of body of water that would be so impacted by humanity that lives there. Right. Like if you take a river that is, I don't know, like a river that passes through five different states uh, and I mean like United States um, and, you know, the different terrains and um, different uh, time zones and, and, and weathers and everything, temperatures. Of course, it's not going to be impacted by why, well, one random town hmm. because it's bigger than that. So it's going to be impacted by everything that it comes across. Because water cannot be selective. It's not meant to be selective, right? The intention of water is to allow everything and anything to transpire. Mm -hmm. To absorb as much as possible of everything. Whatever is, right? Yeah. And then the sum total of that would become a particular vibration. So water doesn't discriminate. Mm -hmm. Like it, It's not going to tell you, well, this is a negative vibration, so I'm not going to absorb it today. I don't feel like it. No. It, it has to because it's it was designed to mm -hmm. right if that makes sense yeah that makes sense now can water change its uh quality all of a sudden yes for instance um you know post a, a nuclear explosion in hiroshima and nagasaki water has really changed because the whole nature in that area not just humans everything was in in a state of shock so water really changed really mm -hmm. quickly, right? But now, of course, it takes like a big, big, big shakeup for water to take an instant shift. Generally, that you know, to really shift the quality of water, you need like a thousand years, like organically, so to say, mm. right? Subconsciously. Interesting. And I'm talking about a large, large bodies of water, like a Pacific Ocean. You know, Pacific Ocean. Yes, it is a, a particular frequency, but it's uh, it's a frequency range, and it still shifts. Right. Because again, like everything, it's water. So it absorbs. But because it's so vast and because it absorbs from so many different streams, you're not if you were to measure that vibration, you wouldn't see much of a difference day to day. You would only see uh, like difference, differences and shifts, you know, 
once every 5,000 years, it like it would even become apparent to you. Seems like if you look at the planetary level and uh, you look at, um, for example, USA and you mentioned Italy and maybe some other places, right? The entire like population and the way people think and behave and the emotions they experience highly uh, depends on the water that they drink. One billion percent. Right? Yes. So the water in the US is this type. That's why people here behave this way. Yes. The water behave, feel, think. Feel, think. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. it completely influences uh, people's yeah. way of living. Yeah. Because um, here's how it works. Um, the intellectual capacity of water is more all-encompassing, right? So that is, uh, so the mental body of water that has all the memories really spans is, is, is global and not even global, but it's like, it's, it's the same for the whole galaxy, if you will. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's one and the same. Now, is it easily accessible? And, and like, can somebody just read through it? Yes. Yeah, like there, there, there are like seers that can see through water. Let's just say it's not very common. It's, it's a very hidden type of knowledge. As far as the emotional body of water though, is concerned, that tends to be a lot more localized right? Mm. So, um, and because how people behave is very much dependent on what they feel, right? And their lifestyles are very much dependent on what they feel. And by the way, that's why all of you showed up into this planet in the first place is to experience all these feelings because this is a feeling planet mm. and you're all feeling beings. So yes, absolutely. The emotional body of water in the place that you live is going to completely impact you. Huh. That's and not only that, but it's also a symbiosis between like your inner water, your inner state and your higher self and that that emotional body of water, because not every frequency sits well with you equally well, sits, mm -hmm. sits, sits equally well with you personally. Right. Because you all are incredibly different humans. You all have incredibly different higher selves. You all have incredibly different missions, interests, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Memories, past lives, all of it right? So mm. you are unique. So to say that you and this other guy are going to feel exactly the same when exposed to the same emotion is a fallacy because it's, it's, it's incorrect, right? So that's why, you know, there is even such a thing as a place of power and a place of loss of power, right? That's why some people move from one country where they were nobody to another country. All of a sudden, there are like, doing making all these moves and are i don't know either becoming rich or famous or all of the above huh. they're, they're drinking different water they're like in the different emotional state That's which might be a lot more prone to or correlated to their own personal mission uh -huh. or their own personal path so yes water matters a great deal wow that's really cool. All right. Um, can we maybe go uh, deeper into water qualities other than like memory? Is there anything else that water possesses? Can you be more specific about your question? Because I don't want to go on a tangent. Hmm. So we spoke a bit about the mental uh, body and um, like how water kind of keeps the memory and then emotional yeah emotional mm -hmm. state uh what about um energetic body of water like does it have any qualities 
that we can learn about? The energetic um, aspect of water, the energy body of water is extremely correlated with the emotional. Oh, um, they're really tied together. So it's like, what kind of energy does that particular emotion give you almost? Mm-hmm. So I would say within this particular construct, they're incredibly intertwined. It's not like water has, I don't know, 24 chakras or anything. Yeah. <laughs> like that, that would be an incorrect way of thinking about it. It's more so an emotion is a frequency, but and how does it translate energetically, mm-hmm. right? Uh, if, if it's joy, you know, it would give you like more energy. Um, it would make you want to move around like, you know, so it's like energy spikes that it would give you if you consume that type of emotion. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And that's why water impacts you in the physical so much, because it either like it, quote unquote, inspires you, makes you do act a certain way, do certain things or not do certain things. Right. So that that is the energy aspect of water. Mm-hmm. Got it. OK, that makes sense. And um, I've heard about um, a thing like living water and dead water. Can you tell me what? does it mean hold on i need to take a look because i um it looks like there's a lot of confusion on this planet around these two concepts Mm -hmm. the correct way of thinking about living water versus dead water is this and by the way this is not (laughs) not at all i don't think is is how it's conceived right now Uh, or perceived right now so dead water is water that does not contain any information in it it's barren meaning like it it is just the it's um it's just the matrix of water right but it doesn't have any it's kind of like it's emotional body it's mental body are empty that's the the qualities of dead water Living water is any water that is not that, is water that is infused with memories and particular frequencies of emotion. The way, and and by the way, as I look at face of planet Earth, God, there's so there's so much confusion around dead and living. Some people think that dead water is really acidic water and living water is alkaline water. Like that's one fallacy. Some people think it's just like some, some magical, like dead water is some magical water that can revive you from the dead. Like there's all kinds of things that I don't almost don't want to go into. But what I want to say though, it's kind of important. Dead water and living water are two phases of water that always need to work together in order to get you the outcome that you want if you just do one or the other you're not leveraging the capabilities of water to its full capacity you should think of dead water as the zero state of water you know how you have your zero state as well almost like the perfect state in some ways yeah right like when your chakras are all aligned and you're all perfect, but also you're not necessarily in the moment as far as like experiencing a particular emotion or anything. You're kind of like in the zero state, right? In the, sometimes they call it Zen, right? So you can think of dead water, quote unquote, is the Zen state of water. And the reason that it's needed is because before, uh, or rather it's an in-between state. 
right? Because technically speaking, the zero state of water is a very rare state of water. And it is a state of water that you as humans can help create. So whatever water you take can be considered living water. And we can doubt because there, there are multiple facets of living water. Meaning like if you take it from the tap or from the bottle, it doesn't really matter. Living water, again, going back to my earlier definitions, and it's going to start, um, um, you're going to start getting what I'm saying in a second. Um, so you take water that is charged, quote unquote, with any emotion, positive, negative, doesn't matter, is living water. Because as you're going to drink, you're going to start living that which was in that water. However, however, that might not be the frequency that you need today. Or that might not be even the frequency that is good for you today or ever. So in order for you to get from a living water state that is negative for you to a living water state that is positive for you, you have to pass through zero, the in-between or the dead state of water, which is water that has nothing. So basically, these two states is really the key to how you want to approach drinking water, right? Take what you can, erase everything, okay, take it to zero, then, or take it to the death state, the non like kind of like no information state, no feeling state, then infuse it with what you want, then drink it. Does it make sense? Yep. The mistake that I see being made today in pretty much 100% of the cases, or a lot, like a lot of the cases. So everybody talks about drinking water um, in the spiritual community and charging it with crystals and sun and everything, um, infusing it with herbs, like all charging water with electrolytes. That's a craze. I mean, it, and it's only going to keep going. The problem with that is as follows. When you take water. Do you remember how I told you that water is incredibly wise and incredibly just, it just has an incredible memory for everything. It has an unlimited capacity for holding a particular frequency. And I really mean an unlimited. So how do I explain this? So if you have a cup of water and um, that contains all the information, all the knowledge of all planet earth, you can keep you can 10x that into the same cup of water. You can put 10 times more information into the same cup of water, and that water is going to be able to contain that information. And then you can put another 1,000 uh, planets in there in terms of all of their memories, and that water is going to be able to hold it. Do you know what I mean? It's kind of like it's like a set of drawers that has, like, you know, sometimes in movies they show you this, like, really long drawers. So you, like, put the, like, uh, sometimes in, like, an office settings, it's like the drawer just never ends. Yeah. It's like a bunch of files, files, files. So that's kind of like the structure of water. Like it is literally unlimited. Like it's, you can put so much stuff in there. It will never run out of capacity. It's not like your hard drive. It's the opposite of the hard drive. It's like iCloud that would never run out of space. Mm -hmm. um, because of that, the fallacy that you create when you charge your water with crystal is you take the water as it is that already contains all of this information and then you just add, let's say, the energy of crystal quartz into it or the energy of onyx or whatever else that you guys are using. Um, you know, there are all kinds of different techniques. 
which is fine because now this water also contains the frequency of the rose quartz or the onyx crystal, whatever else you, you try to infuse it, as well as all the other crap that was in there before. Am I making sense? Yeah, that's why you, I thought you first distill water. Exactly. But that is not what most people do. Oh, I see what you mean. That okay. is not what most people do. And by the way, distilling water doesn't get you to the 100% dead water state. Uh-huh. It gets you closer to it, but it doesn't get you all the way. So that's the point. Before charging the water, you need to get into the zero state. So before really, truly making, creating living water, you have to get into the dead state, which means the zero, the absolute nothing, or the absolute perfection. Because nothing is also, uh, it's a state of, state of perfection, just as, as everything. So basically, um, if you want to do it right, you want to take time to, uh, make sure that your water is free from all kinds of information and then if infuse it so that whatever you infuse the water with is the only frequency that's there. That makes a lot of sense. Okay. Uh, how do you get water to this state of nothing or zero? Yes. So I would say the easiest place would be and by the way this this only takes like maybe a minute but it takes a minute of concentration right and it's a little bit of a meditative practice right you can start and you should start with distilled water by the way um because that is a the easiest place to start um because it's already stripped of um a lot of the things that you don't want if you're trying to get to the zero state of water um i highly recommend that you focus you close your eyes for like a quick uh, a quick minute and you connect with your pineal gland, with your third eye. You connect to the consciousness of water that um, looks like a sphere of liquid. And that consciousness is going to be kind of like source energy, only you can think of it as the feminine source. It's really high up. Uh, for all intents and purposes from this dimension, it's you know almost the same vibration as source. And... You know, so you're kind of like, you want to establish the, the connection, which is called I see you, right? So like you want to acknowledge the consciousness of, of, of water, of, of the spirit of water. And then what that would allow you to do is if water really like, and she, she's, this entity is very uh, reciprocal. So it really wants to help you, by the way, right? It's not like you can connect to it. And then it would refuse to help you. What happens when you start seeing that spirit for what it is, for the greatness that it is, it gives you access to its two most important layers that you need to clear. Really, to get to the zero state of water, you need to erase its memories and its feelings. So its mental body and its emotional body. And so through connecting with this globe of water in that way, it gives you access to these two layers. So really what you want to do is you want to take your right hand, right? Again, your eyes are closed and you're still connecting to um, the spirit of water. And imagine that whatever water is in front of you that you're trying to clear up. And by the way, um, you know, if you have enough energy, you don't, you, you could do that for the whole river. <laughs> you know, it doesn't have to just be like a cup of water. Um, of course, the, the river is not going to be distilled, but that's fine. 
Um, uh, th that's why the caveat is if you have enough energy. But let's focus on your water that's in your, um, I don't know, bottle that you're trying to purify. Um, so you want to take your right arm and imagine that with your right arm, you're swiping through the mental body of water from left to right. You want to do one swoosh. And as you're moving your hand from left to right, you want to imagine that you're clearing up everything that is in that water. And the only thing that's left is pristine uh, molecular structure, no information. So you want to remove with your hand all the information that's written on there. One swipe, and then you go a layer down because your, your emotional body is always a layer deeper, a layer, um, a layer below. Um, and you, you want to take and do the same swiping motion with your right arm on the emotional layer of, of this water that you're trying to purify. And so you would imagine that as a layer and you would swipe your right hand from left to right, removing all the information that has been written in that layer. That's it. Mm -hmm. These two motions with your hand and literally one minute would get you to the true zero state of water. So that's step one, right? And then you can get into all the fluffy stuff of charging the water with whatever you want. It can be the energy of crystals, can be, I don't know, if, if, you're, um, if you're into some type of ascended master or some type of deity or whatever, you can infuse it with the energy of that deity or extraterrestrials or literally, I mean, the world's your oyster. You can do whatever you want because that, that water is going to accept whatever frequency you want. You want to charge it with love, you can charge it with love. You want to charge it with passion, uh, direction, inspiration, you can charge it with that, like whatever you want. Like really, it's it's that simple because it's a lot harder to charge. And that's why most charging exercises don't work. To it, it, not, not even hard, it's impossible to displace one um, one frequency with the other unless you go through the zero state. That makes sense. Because if you're trying say that water contained hate and you really wanted love, you're not going to replace hate with love by just adding love to hate. You're going to get a mixture of both, right? So if you're going for, for pure love, first you remove hate completely, get into nothing, then you add love in. Huh. That's interesting. But if you charge, let's say you go through the zero state you charge it with happiness yep and then do you feel happy after that we'll definitely feel happier <laughs> <laughs> happier yes a bit right? a bit a bit yes but everything is repetition right it's 3d we know that yeah t t can you tell us more like about like how uh much time you should drink water to get to what like you want from it like let's say you drink love 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 is it like two liters of love every day for six <laughs> <months>? <laughs> oh that is just a priceless question um <laughs> listen if you want to drink two liters of love every day it, it, it's it's a planet of free will nobody's gonna tell you not to um i find that three times a day is enough now three times a day. And by the way, I didn't just tell you how much, right? Because even if you drink one tablespoon of water that's really charged with love, that's all enough. Uh, like that's enough, right? 
Now, of course, you probably don't really measure water drinking in tablespoons. You would probably want to have a cup or a glass, right? And that's fine. So if you're trying to maintain a particular um, energy, it's really important to do that first thing in the morning because um, a lot happens overnight. All kinds of dreams and healing and downloads happen overnight and you don't know what you've been going through last night or maybe you do but most of the times even if you think you do you actually don't so i recommend first thing in the morning is definitely when you want to have charged water um, as much as possible then throughout the day and then before you go to bed as well so that would be ideal three times a day if you are um you know a practitioner uh, of you know, like if you practice meditation or yoga and, you know, you generally um, don't experience a lot of fluctuation around your vibration, if your vibration is quite steady, one glass might be enough for you in the morning, right? But if you're the person that is prone to, you know, mood swings and is just very receptive to like other people's energies and circumstances and you know you're a little bit like unstable like and I don't mean that in the like crazy like I'm crazy type of situation but um, a little bit unstable when you know you're not your emotions are fluctuate a lot one glass a day might not be enough for you and then also the other thing to factor in might be like where does your quote-unquote normal vibration lie as it as it pertains to or as it relates to the vibration that you want because if you're trying to make big shifts right like say you're in a very depressed state and you're trying to go to incredibly joyous like I mean that's a pretty big jump so I would say you're gonna first have to be patient right still three so like uh, in, in this case I would do three glasses of water but you have to expect that you know you're initial uh, shifts might feel almost too slight like not like not not big enough you might not necessarily feel instantly better 1000 percent doesn't work that way water again is a little bit more of a gentle structure because it's also going to take into account like the state that you're in and the state that you're experiencing because it wants you on some level to also be able to experience those emotions. But if you hold fast to charging your water with joy every day, um, then after a cycle of 33 days, uh, you would generally start to see a shift. So water generally over time, if you're looking for big emotional shifts from um, one to another, it would take time to take hold. Hmm. But if you're making like a minor shift from like being elated to being joyful and that might not take so long and, and you might be able to get there quicker mm-hmm. or move to another country where oh my god wouldn't that be nice yeah i highly recommend energy it. is plenty in water yeah right? and that's why i think that um you all should do some travel or as much travel as possible and especially if you don't feel happy where you are chances are the water in that place no longer suits you that's really why you used to love this place, this city, this town, this country, and now it just doesn't feel right. And no, it's not necessarily just, you know, about the people or the energy. It's also about the water, right? That absorbed all of that and more. Mm-hmm. And now 
every every day that you wake up you're like forced to drink that and all of a sudden like your body just doesn't like it because it's like well this is not me anymore what, what if, are you doing what if you drink water from a bottle and this bottle is from i don't know another country does it still absorb the vibrations of the place where you live in the water absorbs vibrations fairly quickly uh even when the water is <laughs> fiji water from you know yeah the islands it still traveled through god knows where the whole world to get to you on the boat and then it was in a storage facility somewhere in jersey and then it was on a shelf somewhere in the local cvs and you know basically it had three billion opportunities to absorb <laughs> the mm. vibrations of, of of your locale mm. interesting given that water has such a big impact on now in uh, sorry I'll, yeah. I'll just say something real quick if they really flew the water really quickly from one place to the other and you drank it fast yeah then you would still be able to absorb <laughs> the vibrations of the fiji islands <laughs> i just don't see that happening given the the modern supply chain constraints that makes sense <laughs> uh, g- given the such a big impact that water has on the uh humanity can you give like any advice other than what we already discussed uh what people can do with water well for i want to go back first to just the bodies of water to be honest before we get into the drinking water Mm -hmm. because i think that every human needs to find at least three bodies of water that make them happy i know like it sounds like oh my god like we're in covid girl like what are you saying but truly though like truly be having the tools to get you into your happy place is is extremely powerful and water is one of those tools because water is pure emotion and water is life as we said and water is the like one of the like top one of the top three things that can change your emotional state can impact your emotional state so if that's the case right then wouldn't you be better off if you found bodies of water such as lakes ponds whatever rivers that you really feel good next to you don't even have to be submerged because uh, you know frequencies emanate you know like even if you're right in the vicinity of, of that body of water and then make sure that you schedule time put put it on your calendar whether it's travel however um you know maybe you want to even live next to one of these bodies and like truly commit right so that would be the most healing thing you would do for yourself because it would be healing that literally would take over your body completely right how do you find out what you know what are the bodies of water that make you happy you listen to your body when you're next to a body of water like do you truly feel at home i think is a question you should be asking yourself like do i feel like at home here like does it feel do i feel like a really really deep connection with this lake or river or pond does it make me feel calm does it soothe me does it feel serene here right it would almost feel like you're in your mama's like womb or like in, in your mother's like uh lap or like she just hugs you deeply uh and if you didn't didn't have a mother that was nurturing or if you if you don't love your mother like imagine the most perfect mother-child relationship you could have 
that is kind of like how your personal body of water is going to make you feel. And I guarantee you, I guarantee you, you all know at least one body of water that already makes you happy. Because most of you already thought of this one something from your past, right? One, I don't know, lake, pond or whatever that made you really happy. So add it to your list. So I think that's definitely important. Um, this is something that I don't see humanity do uh, or I, I don't see them do intentionally, right? There is yeah. no shame in coming back to the body of water that makes you happy instead of going and exploring. What I actually see is, you know, some humans like might be in love with a particular ocean or like a particular sea like Mediterranean, there is a lot of love of a lot of humans, like for uh, the Mediterranean, actually. Um, but they are like, well, I've already been there. Let me go explore other things. And so they go to the Indian Ocean and they're inc incredibly unhappy. And they're like, well, this doesn't feel right. No, if you found the body of water, commit to it. Like if you know Mediterranean makes you happy, just go there. Just <laughs> save everybody some trouble. <laughs> just go and, and replenish. So that's one. Um, what was the original question? What else people should um, know about water? Uh, or do, yeah, to, to fulfill their lives and uh, like have better emotions and feelings. I would definitely, I would definitely recommend charging the water either in your shower or in your bathtub or both. Um, I would recommend that all of you take baths, by the way, but take conscious baths. Don't take just bubble baths. <laughs> A conscious bath is a bath that you set and, uh, set and create with an intention, right? Ideally, you would also purify the water in the bath in the same way that you would get it to the zero state. And in this particular case, because bathtubs are really nice, when you're doing the sweeping motion with your hand, you can actually do it inside of the water. Like you literally submerge your right hand into the water and do the sweeping motions as you're cleaning the uh, emotional and the mental bodies of that water. Right? Get into the zero state. Always use essential oils. You can use just one. doesn't really matter. You can charge um, you know, the water in the bathtub as well as the essential oil for something and set an intention. And really uh, having water-based rituals is something that humanity kind of like goes in and out of if you look at the history of humanity like humans kind of like go in stages they sometimes like remember that water is it and then they forget like roman baths for instance was such a thing yeah because they they there were some memories and then there are you know and then that kind of like got forgotten and then there are in some cultures though like there there are a lot of like water uh, and hit rituals, so like all the saunas and then like the water rituals and, and associated with those, like those are really, really healthy um, mm. for you, right? Um, so take intentional baths and showers, right? Charge the water in your shower, even if you don't, uh, I mean, if you don't have the time to do the, the, the getting your shower into the zero state, at least, um, you know, set an intention that whatever water is flowing from your shower head today you know brings you x like whatever that x that you want like brings you abundance or something right because your body absorbs water like your your skin absorbs water like you don't you know what, what like you don't only have to drink water like you absorb the water in in the shower right like your your um 
skin absorbs that. So you want to be sure, you want to make sure that you're absorbing the right type of frequencies. Um, I would also say listen to your body as far as like water consumption in general. I'm incredibly skeptical of eight glasses a day consumption because that just sounds too oversimplified because there is no one magic bullet around eating and drinking things that is going to be the perfect soul for every human being on planet earth because the level of emotion that each of you can take is very different you all have a very different level of capacity like you all have very different capacity level of receiving and giving emotions some are more open to that others are not and your water consumption should be correlated to that so no not eight glasses for all listen to your body listen to what your body needs your body might need one or your body might need 10 right and obsessively drinking might not get you into a better state obsessively getting you know like <laughs> try like some people that are obsessively drinking um, are also trying to obsessively process emotions but one is not correlated with another hmm. like being able to process emotions and just consuming emotions are not one and the same thing so people who feel thirsty arguably are the ones that uh, potentially don't process all of the emotions for the day they haven't processed all of the emotions so part of it is also being really present to your emotional state and not suppressing those emotional states. And that's why I really worry about this, um, like generation Zen where like, oh my God, God forbid you like lose your cool because that is a fallacy in, in a 3d world, unless you are a monk meditating somewhere in the Himalayas and then it's not right. Mm. But for a lot of you being able to maintain this, they call it mindfulness these days. But this level state of no emotion is, is very unattainable, especially if you're trying to be active in the 3D space. So not allowing yourself to process these emotions and denying yourself the right to even feel them in the first place is going to make you feel really, really thirsty because you're misusing the energy of emotion and you're not learning the lesson that you came here to learn so yeah, you're going to feel thirsty, but really what it is, is you're thirsty to be able to feel emotions and process emotions. Yes, of course you need to, like, I'm not saying that you don't need to uh, hydrate your body. Like your skin needs water, but different skins needs, need different amount of water. You know, yes, you want to give your body enough sustenance and, and, and enough water to be able to process and eliminate toxins. That's incredibly important. Like water eliminates a lot of toxins from your body. You know uh, what, what the toxins are from? Processed bad emotions or processed outlived emotions. That's what a lot of the toxins in your body are from. And water as the, the, the transport mechanism it is able to illuminate those emotions from you, right? But when that happens, it's already done its job. It's already done what it's supposed to do. So it's a good thing to have toxins to, to even be able to eliminate, if that makes sense. Mm 
Mm-hmm. Because that means that a certain emotion has been lived and processed and stored away uh, as, a, as a memory, as, as a learning. Uh-huh. That's really cool. Awesome. So it's basically a charging water in many different ways, right? Yes. Is very important. Um, I would say it's it's a great tool, right? Can you survive without it? Absolutely. Yeah. Like people survive without it all the time. But that does it mean that you're not leveraging one of the most strongest allies that you have on the planet? Yes. Yeah. Or, or maybe maybe like I don't know maybe. Uh, 200 years ago the nature was in a much better state so people didn't have to charge it because it was charged by the nature and now we live in cities and now we have to first of all there were all kinds of crazy things 200 years ago so (laughs) (laughs) I cannot just say that it was like such a utopia world that everything was so perfect and you know because it, it wasn't like it, there's always something yeah because n- nothing is ever perfect on planet earth because it's a third dimensional reality it's not supposed to be perfect i've seen a lot of third dimensional realities and by definition they're anything but perfect and yeah. and and the more perfect they become the more further removed they become from 3d by the way so no there was not like a utopia <laughs> 200 years ago um that you you seem to think yeah um so in in fact i'll tell you that people and especially women were a lot more connected to water so the act of charging was actually a lot more prevalent and prominent then and the act of being grateful to water Mm -hmm. and spirits of water and gods of water and goddesses of water maybe not 200 years ago but like a little bit further down the road or prior yeah you know, but they were lauded and all, all kinds of creatures were really, really respected. Like all the mermaids and everything else, mm-hmm. uh, water fairies, etc. right? Like they were recognized. So um, there were all kinds of things that were done around charging water in the past. So it would be a fallacy to believe that it's like a new thing. If anything, this is just a remembrance of, of like the good old what's happening today but it is really underutilized and it is a very important tool and ultimately it's up to you it, it's one of the tools in your toolbox it's up to you do you want to use it or not hmm. right that makes because if you use it, you could move faster you could become more efficient you could hit your goals you know whatever you want to do because hey like can you charge it with abundance and money? Absolutely, if that's your thing. Can you charge it with like attracting a perfect partner? Absolutely, like literally whatever you want. Like water is a manifestation device, you guys. I've also heard that water can keep like our beliefs in its structure, yes. right? Because it has a memory. So basically yeah. like the collective belief is in water yes and then for example if the humanity believes that we live 100 years max then it's stored in water and yes. we kind of die and age and it's basically all in water it's also air air also has memory but yes because air has this water elements there yeah, well, technically, I mean, while water is like the the primordial life spark, uh, there was a secondary life spark, and that's air, mm-hmm. and and that's why you know 
ba- basically <laughs> you do need both <laughs> yeah. to survive right um so b- both of these like as, as it relates to how fast humans age or like when death is supposed to happen that is stored in air and in water can you uh, tell how it works like where does it start and how it all goes to our body and like how we age and die is it because we have a belief and then it's stored in water and then um, plants drink this water and then we eat these plants and drink water and then we die because of that that's part of it i mean there is there's a lot more to that that than than that i mean water is just let's just say it's the mechanism that implements that belief system as well right Mm -hmm. like you're right like the way that you described it is is perfect um which is um you know like that cycle of life right is being maintained in a certain way but it uh in this particular case yes it starts with a collective human uh belief system that has been um basically maintained by a few generations and generally if three generations believe into some in something really strongly it forms um a very hard to alter collective belief that permeates um all of reality it, the reason the water and the air are the materials that are like the biggest culprits almost of, of maintaining that is because you consume them more than you consume all other elements. Mm. So think of how much water a day you consume through food and like bathing and, you know, all of that. And then your cells already contain water and how much of it. And then how much air you breathe in per minute. So you're constantly, constantly are cycling through these two um, substances, right? So I I don't want to say like uh, that it's a vicious cycle, but certainly a cycle. Right. So you're constantly recycling through that the collective beliefs of humanity. Hmm. That's why it's so hard to alter and change that. And even the people, um, you know, the people that live longer. Right. Yes. First, you need to see that they a a lot of them live in mountain areas like mountainous areas. Or just areas where the waters that flow in those areas are charged a little bit differently. So yes, they contain the collective, but they also collect and contain another strand, right, of some information in that particular region mm-hmm. um, that enables the human to live longer, because there is it could be another memory from like other hu- humans that lived there or from some other time in the past, because um, there were other beings as well as, you know, like uh, at one point, uh, human or humanoid races that lived longer than a hundred years. So water in some places that they lived, um, like the smaller bodies of water contain that memory and it's a little bit more to the surface. So those people that live there could download that. Hmm and could almost like accidentally against all odds embody that Hmm. and that generally doesn't happen in like large cities or or something right yeah it it happens in kind of like a little bit like far removed places where they it's almost like the pool of the collective consciousness is less because there are less people 
it, very often it happens like in villages where like 130 people live or something that's really cool it seems like we just scratched the surface of the yes water mm. is one of those yeah it goes much deeper that's interesting it means that we can have another episode going even deeper right i have a couple of questions uh that are maybe misunderstood uh by the humanity so i just wanted maybe quickly uh see what you think about them so first it is uh believed that boiling water is not good because it breaks its structure and like b basically drinking boiled water is not really good for you because the structure is broken like mm -hmm. is it true if boiling water broke the structure of water we would all be in trouble yeah no uh so, no it doesn't break it no it's kind of perfectly fine it's fine drinking yes boiled water yes you can i mean it's not going to charge itself right right <laughs> so you still have to do the work but like whether it's hot water cold water freezing water it doesn't really matter it's still water it doesn't clean though the uh its structure like all like the emotions and uh no mental no no no, no. things mm -mm. Mm -mm. no no got it it's not like distilling no because i have heard that for example drinking frozen water like when you freeze mm -hmm. it and then it kind of uh, melts and then you drink it it kind of natural distillation process yeah but we were just talking about um we were just talking about boiling yeah and then freezing, freezing takes it um almost in a natural state to that zero uh-huh because do you, do you even um you, you know like the wheel of the year uh -huh. like in the, in the celtic uh, religions uh, not religions um like spirit practices and stuff like zero is in the winter mm -hmm. like you always pass through that zero point in the winter where everything falls asleep and it's in hibernation then spring is like you kind of start from one again mm -hmm. so the freezing aspect of water the frozen uh, that's why it freezes at the zero degrees. It's so funny how ironic it is. Yeah. Um, that is the reset. It's a reset. Mm -hmm. Now, unfortunately, as it unfreezes, though, it uh -huh. starts absorbing um, energies again. Whatever surrounds you? Yes. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So it's better than, like, it's significantly better to have water go through that. Yeah. Especially if you drink it like uh, fairly quickly mm -hmm. right afterwards. Yeah. Like when it's still cool, so to say. Mm -hmm. um, but it's it does not necessarily uh, negate the fact that um, ideally you would still cleanse that one, take it to zero again and charge it so that the last you know thing you do is so it's like the least contaminated state possible. Makes sense. Also, man, and the last one is about distilled water. So it is also believed that if you distill water, you remove all the minerals that you need from the water. Yeah, but you get these minerals from your food, right? It's not like you guys are all on water diets. Right. So it's perfectly fine drinking. It's, it's fine. Um, I don't necessarily see a lot of those minerals being absorbed in, in, into your bloodstream anyway. So because distilled water is not bad for you. Right? Mm? Because these minerals are non-organic. Or like kind of 
I'm not sure what you mean by organic minerals, but um, they, they just don't get absorbed into your bloodstream anyway. Um, most of the ones that do would, would, would come from foods more so than water. Oh, got it. Okay, that's really cool. So I don't necessarily see you like wasting anything per se or losing anything. Got it. Awesome. All right. Thank you so much for sharing this information about water with us today. And um, now I'm going to end our session. Thank you so much for listening to Conversations with My Higher Self podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you have a suggestion for a topic we should explore in the future, please email us at hello at conversationswithmyhigherself.co. If you resonate with our message, please consider leaving us a review or sharing this episode with your friends. The world is going to be better off for it. With much love, Maria and Sergey.